When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast on this Friday. Hope everybody is uh, keeping their head above water. I know our dear friend and colleague, Mighty Wordsmith Joe Rexroad, has been trying to do just that as we all wade our way through the sewage that has been the last week worth of news cycle. Joe Rexroad of Robbie and Rexroad, 6 to, 10, uh, 6 to 9 a.m. on 1025 The Game. I have to get all my numbers right. Uh, and of course, theathletic.com. Hey there, bud. Hi. I'm sitting in bed, and I know that's not very professional, but by golly, I'm slumping over when this is done. I just hope that you say by golly for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> that's that's all I care this, about now. This has been a swell week, Buck. It has, you know, it has been a uh, it has been a week. I don't know how how what to make of it, or well, I do know what to make of it. It's been a uh, an unmitigated mess from start to finish since this team played the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I was just remarking before we started the live stream here, played the Jags five days ago and nobody would know it. I don't think I talked at all about uh, that football game. I don't think that I talked about any of the football games that will be played this weekend until like the last hour and a half of my show today, because uh, with Mike Vrabel fired and everything that's come out in the aftermath of it, of which you have done. Uh, much reporting along with our dear friend Diana uh, on this stuff. It has been from start to finish just exhaustive the way that this team has uh, kept us all on our toes. I guess just how would you sum up this this week in Titans news, Joe? Well, I think it's a bad week for the Titans. That can change. They can have a good week if they make a good hire and down the road we can see, you know, if the choices they have ahead are, are good. And then, you know, a lot of this stuff just becomes part of the never ending favorite soap opera, uh, you know, of many folks in this country, which is the NFL. But I just think that this was, I mean, there look, there are a lot of things that maybe you're different than me, Buck, you know, there's some things you hear along the way, but as you know, like I'm not a beat writer for the Titans. So this week kind of became this intensified, what the hell happened kind of week for me. Mm-hmm. And certainly, by the way, Diana, you know, Diana, I don't even know how she does what she does, you know, with, with her job with 32 teams and constantly on the phone with two young kids. But she led the way on this, and I chipped in, and I learned a lot. And I just, I just think it's a bad week. I think it reflects poorly on ownership. I also think that – some things I found out, I think Mike Vrabel absolutely shares in the blame for how this all went down. It just, it was just a bad, it was a bad smashing together of two ideas and people. And, and then the real conflict, as you know, and I know you wrote about this at A to Z too. And the conflict of course was Mike and Amy. And I don't know when, I think maybe different people have different ideas on when it really was just toast, mm. but, um, they got there. <laughs> it got there. It got there. And Mike's out of a job and now not even the New England Patriots coach, which is another layer to this that we uh, that we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, 
So for when when you say it's a bad week for the Tennessee Titans organizationally, um, there's a there's there's a number of different things that come to mind. First and foremost, their their failure that they did not want to acknowledge, and by they I mean Rand Carthon because he's the only one that we spoke to at this thing. They did not want to acknowledge their failures this year in bailing in less than a calendar year on this whole collaborative thing that they set out to accomplish. Um, I, I'm, is it is it hyperbolic? And you know, I know you'll tell me if I'm being over the top here, but it, this shit blew up in their face the way that they tried to put this together. And now to 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 trot out the general manager who nobody really knows how much you've actually empowered to do the job that his title indicates that he should do in the absence of um, some real representation of ownership, whether that's Amy or somebody who's there to deliver messages on behalf of Amy more than Rand can. Uh, I, I think that's, that's kind of the starting place for this Joe beyond just the firing. Like I get, if you have a, uh, an employee that you have an untenable situation with and it's your, your company, your organization, your, your whatever. And you decide, no, this, this no longer is working for me. That is entirely your decision to make. But at the way that they've gone about doing this and the emotional the emotional high school uh, hallway gossip petty bullshit that, that seems to be rife with this thing, including Amy Adams Strzok and Mike Vrabel, I, I just don't understand how they, how they didn't expect to get dragged for this. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, I have a big problem with Amy Adams Strzok not um... – not talking, never for these things. So I, I guess when you say so, what would you like? Would you feel better if Burke Nighthill was up there with Rand? Is that what you is that what you're referring to? I know Burke Nighthill was in that room and Rand Carthon wasn't. I, you know, yeah. I think that's that's yeah. that's a big that's a big like just uh huge headline to me in all of this that's not being talked about is that the general manager was not in the room when they decided to move on from the head coach, but the CEO and president of the team was. Now, he's former legal counsel. Perhaps you have to have somebody in the room just as a witness type of situation. I'm not you know familiar with em- employment laws or things like that, contract laws and things of the like. But I know that she she thinks very highly of Burke Nihill and all of this, given that this is the man that just helped her get a new stadium built and that right. his influence in that place has never been stronger than it is right now. Yeah, well, and th- I think the big thing there is, yeah, Randall's waiting like everybody else to find out what's going to happen with Vrabes. <laughs> I mean, that kind of tells you a little bit of where things are. I just – there's a lot of things. And again, I'm not, I'm not putting everything on the Titans or Amy – I think that Mike Vrabel made some mistakes. And look, I I brushed off the New England stuff. Like, he wasn't trying to say, and I still don't think he was trying to, you know, rip the Titans, but I brushed off how, and I probably should have thought more about it. Like, like how is that going to be taken? But, but, you know, like, why does he never say anything? Why does she never say anything? All of it. The lack of communication is just amazing. But I, I still go back to, I agree with Amy Adams Strunk if she doesn't want Mike Vrabel to have full roster control, she has, she had examples ready for why that's a bad idea. I don't understand what appears to be a very limited role for him in the, in the GM hiring process, because then you're just, to me, you're just asking for trouble, you know, and you're just, if you're going to try to do this, which is sort of 
whatever you want. I still don't totally understand all the dynamics of this, by the way. But, you know, modernizing, different kind of approach, obviously more analytics, all that stuff. But, you know, whatever that all entails, if you're going to try to marry that with you have this very domineering, dominant figure in the organization who now does not have the buffer between you and he. John Robinson was always the guy who talked to Amy and then talked to Mike, right? Mike and Amy hug before the game, and all of a sudden you're talking to Amy. But hmm. to me, to make it work, you better be a partner with Vrabel on the new direction and where you're going. And what I got back a lot this week was, nah, that wasn't it. That, that's not how it went. And he was not happy with it. And then he he suggested maybe Rand's not quite ready for this. She was unhappy with that. So you start out on a bad foot. And again, some people think that right there was when you almost knew this just was not going to work for long. Because of who he is. Like, and you know this human being. You've employed him for six years, Vrabel. Like, you know who this person is. And you know exactly how this is going to go. And of course, listen, I... Vrabel was a good coach here. I he he did not do anything great here. He did what he was hired to do, which is help the franchise get to the next step of in terms of a level of competitiveness that they expected to be at. But he did not accomplish ultimately the goal. He's you know and and I I think Mike is a good coach, but he's being painted as some kind of football war hero in all of this, which I think is a bit over the top. And uh, you know I'm sure. But by the way, that's a Frankenstein's monster of their own creation. They're the ones that put up, like, the marketing around the Tennessee Titans for six years has been Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel. Tough, fast, aggressive, physical, tougher than you. We'll beat the shit out of you. All this stuff. You you turned him into this thing, okay, so that he starts to think of himself in this light and already has the confidence of Mike Vrabel, winner for all time in everything that he's ever done. I don't know how she could, I don't know how she could not have seen a situa- situation like this coming when she set up a forced marriage in the way that it did. And, you know, that that Carthon, Carthon in all this, <laughs> I mean, Joe, what, what am I to do with him where he's just non-existent in, in any of this? There's no noise around him. There's no press conferences from him. He doesn't meet with us when they trade KB, and it doesn't come back to meeting with the media. And I know that sounds like just typical media bitching. Some people like are that. very mad about that. Plenty of people are very mad about that. Um, all I know is that we don't hear from this man from training camp, the opening of training camp, July until January. And then all of a sudden, he's got to be the one out there answering these questions when I have no earthly idea how much or how little he is responsible for any of this. Maybe that's by design. I don't know. But the the Carthon wrinkle in this where where does he fit in this puzzle and how much is he actually more empowered just because Vrabel's gone? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, if not, what the hell is happening? I mean, <laughs> who, who's jumping in? <laughs> I mean, he has to be, right? See, you went through all that stuff about Vrabel and you're exactly right on all of it. And then, but you have to tack on. And then if you're going to do all that, knowing what you know, you damn well should have someone who's experienced a little more, right? Like, look, when they hired Rand Carthon, I mean, I'll do this resume. Like, okay, it's a little bit of a jump because Peters is ahead of him in San Fran. I know Peterson, or Peter Peterson, Peters, by the way, declined an interview. Now he's with Washington, but a little bit of a jump, but still, like, he's on the track. Maybe you're getting someone who, you know, you're sometimes you got to get in on people early, you know? But 
all that you know that you just laid out about Vrabel, and now you're going to try to bring in somebody who is number three in a place and say, here you go. I mean, it's so – and I thought you had some interesting stuff in your piece of A to Z about – what was the word? Placative? Quite a word. What was it? Placative, I think. Placative. Placative. That's, that's a hell of a word, Buck. But, I mean, that's – I had to look it up for what it's worth. I was trying to figure out what what the proper tense of placate is because I that that at least in my dealings with people and talking to people and I don't know what what this is the thing that kind of mystifies me about Rand. I have no idea what his intentions are and you know the everything that I've gotten back is relationship guy, master politician. I don't know if whether it's politics or diplomacy. I think I included that uh, in the piece because I also had people reach out to me that I didn't put in there that. Uh, painted it as Rand giving Mike enough rope to hang himself with in all of this. Placating Mike Vrabel and coming in, uh, coming into this situation the way that they did just to kind of keep the relationship on, on, on the rails was one of the biggest disservices done with Mike Vrabel in all of this. Not that you owe that man anything, but, that they never put somebody in a position to check Mike Vrabel before it was too late. And then everybody's butt hurt uh, about feelings and things that aren't talked about. I don't think that's Rand Carthon's fault. I think that's his boss's fault. Yeah. But it's also, it's so interesting because it's like, first of all, Vrabel asked for full control. No way in hell. This is the system, but, but the new GM basically deferred to him for the most part right is my understanding although i i think some of these choices were clearly ran ideas right so i mean look i'm not gonna i can't sit here and tell you that i have a full accounting of every choice and what everybody said at every moment but it's a weird contrast of like you said like okay no you need to be put in check there needs to be a good strong combination but the new guy comes in and is just, you know, I mean, how do you expect to be fair to Carthon? How many people are coming in here and staring Mike Vrabel in the face and be like, nah, nah, man, have a seat. We're going to do this instead. You know, it's just, it's a bad. So I, look, if they would have fired Vrabel a year ago and, you know, I, I understand that some consideration or at least, you know, talk it through happened, but imagine the outcry then. I mean, yeah. this is after six and eleven, and now eighteen of twenty-four. I mean, back then, yeah, they lost seven in a row, and also they did some ridiculous shit to still almost win the freaking division on the end of the, the end of the season with Josh Dobbs on the road in Jacksonville. Like, it would have been absolute. I mean, the whole fan base, ninety what eight percent would have been completely against it. Now, I think it's more like, I don't know. I mean, Kaharski did a nice poll. Good job, Kaharski. Uh, you know, his was like 70, 30, like 6,000 people. That's a pretty, that's a decent, I think that's probably about right, you know? So you couldn't do it, but it's like, it just was, all of it was just ill-conceived and then it was terribly executed. Well, that's the thing. And, and you know, I there there is a, a tendency of people like us in the media to like over overemphasize the things that are more important to us than they actually are to the fans. And I think this Carthon press conference is one. But I think, Joe, just the simple ability to get through that press conference, answering a question about vision for the organization. All you got to say is we want a Super Bowl. All you got to say is the vision is is to compete for Super Bowls and, and win championships and things like that. You don't actually have to say anything. You just can't say that we're not ready to share the vision. Like, like you, That's the one thing you can't say in that. And listen, fans, 
fans will I think that I think it's shifted even since he was fired on Tuesday, right? And they've they've been out there pushing their side of the story. I think that's pretty evident from a lot of this because they were tired of getting dragged for 24 hours in the news cycle, and they're damn lucky that Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Nick Saban all you know left their respective or were let go from their respective jobs to keep them out of everybody else's eyeline and just leave it back to the local vultures like you and me and Kaharski. Um, but I just I think that. It, it is difficult for me to to lean in, or and, and not that it's incumbent upon us to lean into what they're doing, but it's difficult for me to buy off on what they're trying to pull off when they can't even do this part of it right. Yeah, again, Amy, she should talk. I went, I've actually gone through this week. I, I threw it on my show today. I just laid out about 10 owners that recently just took questions after – firings and hirings. I mean, that many actually 10. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, God, do I have the list still? I might be able to pull it up. I can stall for you. I'll do, a, I'll do a read real quick while you look for your list. The six, one, five sessions podcast of which Joe Rex road is participating with us today is made possible by relax the back Nashville. If your back hurts like Joe, because you're sleeping on an uncomfortable bed or pillow situation, you can get a new mattress, you can get an ergonomic office chair, you can get a standing desk like I have. All of these things for the betterment of your health at relaxtheback.com. You can check out their location in Green Hills. Do you have your list? <laughs> the silence is deafening. I don't know if he's frozen. Uh, no. Uh, do we can keep talking? <laughs> you got me? Yeah, you, you froze for a yes, second. Yes, I have Okay. You. Yeah. All right. So let me throw, throw some at you. You got me. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, Mark. Oh, so Mark Davis with his stuff. He he actually calls the all the writers individually. Greg Penner spoke after the Hackett firing. Jody Allen did not. Arthur Blank just had a presser. The Cardinals did after Kingsbury. Uh, uh, I mean, freaking David Tepper, who's become the new jackass owner of the NFL. He had a presser. He had a presser after the the Frank Reich thing. Uh, McCaskey uh, after all their hirings and firings. Uh, the Wilfs do it. Um, Josh Harris, after he let Rivera go, he's the new owner. You know, obviously we know Jerry Jones and we know Robert Kraft just did it. And that's just recently. Okay. So I, there are some who will never do it. Like Stan Kroenke, I'll never talk to any, any human being as sure. far as I know. Okay. But that's the first mistake. We, we, we've established that. After that, I'm with you. It's a division thing. I know. It's like, honestly. You're, your internet is just hideous. I don't know what just happened in the last three, three seconds. But I did get the entire list off Joe Rex Road of the Athletic and 1025, the game, hanging out here with us. So, I guess. I guess. Okay, for, hold on. Am I back? Am I yes, back? Yes, you're there. I'm looking at you. I just okay. don't know how long it's going to last. Right. So now we need to <laughs> move through this thing. All so right, let me finish my point. Let me finish my okay. point. Let me finish my finish point. your point. So, so you know, I don't, I don't really care that much about the vision. You know, I think Layman asked him. That's fine. But yeah, like exactly. It's like what's everybody's vision is to win, win championships. But I like. What about like? Are you leading the search? You know, I'll have one of the votes. No, you need to lead the search. And everybody else is saying you're leading the search. So why don't you say you're leading the search? That's what I don't understand. He seems so fearful of saying anything. And then if you're going to make that guy go out there, you need to empower him to say certain things. 
Joe, that's that's my biggest thing. Like when I asked you about who's empowered, who's actually if he's been actually empowered to do the job the general manager would indicate that he needs to do, that press conference is not an indication to me that that man has been empowered to do his job. And again, I'm not I'm like it's not like Grant Carthon is faultless in in all of this, but I just I don't understand exactly what the tenants of his job now under that general manager title uh, involve when all of the all of the things that he did even with us on Tuesday are to defer to defer to statements to defer to you know uh, the, the the process that he'll be a part of and out front in in some moments but not in others and ultimately just deferring back to Miss Amy's decision Miss Amy's decision and of course it's all Amy's decision because this is her thing this is she owns it she makes the final say she's the person that pays everybody uh, in the organization so like that point I get but I. I just, if you make a move like this, you have to be able to articulate, I think, as an organization, not ran, but as an organization, why it is that you're doing this, why you're moving forward, so that there's not a bunch of bullshit out there that we all have to suss through and dig up in real time to figure out when you got your feelings heard about your head coach going to New England and saying, yeah, the place that's won more than any NFL franchise in a century, it's not like this everywhere else. You're right. Okay be like get bent about it what are you talking about that you're going to get this upset about? it's just a ridiculous thing to kind of hone in on for that to play such a role in the story for him to not even end up in new england by the way we haven't gotten to that he's not going to be the patriots uh head coach i i i, I don't i can't make sense of it which makes me insane yeah i mean the thing is a good owner needs to hire good football people, and then the good owner needs to shut up and let them do the job. And the bad owners are meddling, right? I mean, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty much how it has worked. Um, and this just – if he's not – if Rand Carthon is not taken over and empowered and, you know, leading this whole thing, then I, I, it's hard for me to be optimistic – about where it's going. Uh, it just, I mean, a lot of this is just, it just feels to me and I understand, you know, I think the Titans feel like certain people <clears throat> have treated them unfairly. Okay. But I, I, I still, even through all this reporting and all these different stories and anecdotes, you fired a GM in season, which told us his job performance was so bad that you, people should basically expect, some losing because you have to be doing a bad job over an accumulation of time, which he did he had a couple of really bad drafts. So how is it a year later that then you're firing the other person in that who basically you said at the time was doing a much better job than the guy you fired? Like it, they just don't add up. I understand there's a lot more context to it. And a lot of that came out this week, but I still go back to that. I like the whole thing of being all in on those guys. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> I mean, they're both gone and, it's just I, – I, I just don't see – look, if Titans fans are uh, lacking optimism about ownership, I, 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 I feel them right now because it's just – I it's hard for me to know where this is going to go. Oh, I don't think they are, though, Joe. I just think it's kind of like, hey, you know, like I, they because because they root for the organization, they don't root they don't root for people, and not not that you should. Like that's you're entitled to do so. As it, but there's the not not to get into a. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go at fans for 
following the ownership group of the team that they root for. Whether there's a degree of ignorance in like leaning all in just because she's done it and you're you're riding with her because she's the team owner and all this stuff, team mom or whatever they call her, uh, and all this stuff. Like, I, I just I just think that people need. I think people need to care more about the way that this is going down rather than just blindly accepting what they're given in a lot of these moments. And by the way, that's incumbent upon people like you and me and Tehran and Kaharski and everybody else to keep digging through this bullshit to figure out what exactly they plan to do and how they move forward. Um, I think that uh, I just, just quickly, because I don't want to keep you too long. It's been an exhausting week for all of us. And, and you know, there's a lot more to, by the way, read Joe's piece with Diana at the athletic.com. Uh, it's well worth your subscription. The details in there are phenomenal. Um, I, I able to go point by point and, and uh, confirm literally all of it, except for the part where Amy, Gets butthurt after losing to the Texans. That's the only thing I couldn't get somebody to, to give me feedback on. Um, and I could never have strung it together as coherently as Joe and Diana did so that you can you can understand more the full picture of what we're laying out here in Joe and Diana's piece. But um, Vrabel in all of this and the idea that nobody knew until last night that Gerard Mayo had it built into his contract that he's going to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots is a fascinating wrinkle because nobody – had anything but Mike Vrabel ending up with the Patriots this year, be it via trade, via firing here in Nashville, whatever the case may be. And now it's not even it's not even a thing. The, the the last job to come open was New England, and it's the first job to be filled because they, after 24 years, didn't really care to look around anywhere else, which is, in, again, insane to me, after 24 years of just doing the same thing, that you're just going to promote the guy under the guy and move forward with your life, but whatever. Um I Vrabel in all of this is is weird, is in a weird spot because I don't know how much of that he was privy to by the you know, as it was coming to an end or by the time he got fired or how much he was made aware of that this week. I don't I don't have that that information. But I have to imagine he's looking around and thinking, do I actually want to jump right back into this this year? And I know talking to people around him that that's at least a part of the consideration, not not immediately going right back into the next gig. Yeah. Well, first of all, I got to say, and I'm not big on, you know, I'm, I'm not calling out other media. Okay. But I got to wonder, like, what kind of sourcing are we relying on Ben Volin and, and Greg Bedard? Because I'll be honest with you, I took those reports as coming from ownership or ownership adjacent sources. So, is that true? And they hate those guys <laughs> or, or are we, are we going way too down the totem pole to write something? I, that, that's stunning. And, and I, because I, I mean, clearly there was smoke by somebody up there. Oh, sure. But like, and, and I'll be honest with you, Buck, I thought it was Jonathan Kraft all along, <laughs> but he had to know this, right? I mean, that, just, that it was in his contract. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that makes this all crazy. Like, and, and you know, there's this is this is the the larger point with these NFL organizations, Joe. And I think that uh, it's it can it can be glossed over very easily. But what did we think of the Houston Texans prior to this season? That that's one of the most poorly run organizations. That it's been a yeah. clown show for two years. That they sit yes. there firing coach after coach just to, because they don't know what they're doing. And the owner that died and talking about inmates running the running the prison and stuff like that with all kind of racially charged bullshit and the mad preacher Jack Easterby 
running an organization, and now nobody cares anymore because they've got a fun young quarterback who can be the offensive rookie of the year and a coach who seems solid and they're winning the division. So all of that, all five years yeah. worth of, of garbage yeah. from an NFL organization just immediately gets swept under the rug because, oh my God, he throws touchdowns and he's got a left tackle to protect him. All of this stuff happens in every NFL organization. It's just a matter of how much you win to cover up all the other bullshit that's going on. And I think that's evident here. It's evident in New England. Um, to, to look around and say that these multi-billion dollar operations as NFL franchises are not particularly well run just because they make a lot of money. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And the Titans get, you know, make some good choices and have good people leading the franchise. All of a sudden it can look a lot different. But just from the media side, I, I, I must say I, I'm a little stunned by not stunned that no one would know because if they don't want people to know then that good for them they you know, but the, all the noise up there i'm very confused by why they were in noise uh, undercutting mayo right so like it felt to me like someone was trying to push rabel and and uh attack mayo and that doesn't matter anyway so it wasn't anybody of consequence which is very weird to me as far as rabel yeah i think uh, you know i think uh it's interesting, Buck, because we don't know everything yet. We don't know is Dallas going to lose to Green Bay? Mm, that's that's job. I've heard. I've heard that one for him big time. I mean, there's noise about Philly too. That's become ugly. So the thing with Vrabel is, absolutely, I could see him sitting a year. And frankly, I don't think he would. I think he might kick back and be like, Amy, I'll take another check from you, Amy, for nothing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think do, do the do the same thing as compatriot just did all year. Yeah, uh, yeah. J Rob didn't. J Rob showed it up at a couple camps and just kicked it for an entire calendar year. Exactly. But if enough of these jobs open up, you know, I, my understanding is several teams have reached out to Rabel already. If enough of these jobs open up, this may be the year. It's like, hey, I mean, next year is going to have Feliz going to be first year coaches. Like, you know, you don't know. I mean, next, you know, there's always going to be openings every year, but you know, then you're out for a year, and you know, like, we'll see. I mean, I, th there may be an offer he can't refuse in a situation that looks great, but I think he will be selective, and yeah, definitely a chance that he's just drawn Amy Adams drunk money for free. That's uh, a it's a good nothing is better than the gig of fired coach. Well, college fired coach is the greatest of all jobs. Uh, in uh, in uh, in American society right now, but to be a fired pro coach with a bunch of millions of dollars left on your extension that you just got, what? Not uh, less February, than two years ago. Two, yeah, two February years ago. two years ago, they just yeah. gave them both extensions, and then just decided, nah, we're good. Take our money and get the hell out of here. It's crazy to me. Uh, Joe Rex Road, six to nine a.m. on one hundred two five. The game. You uh, can hear him and our buddy Robbie Stanley talking about all of this stuff on a regular basis. You can even hear PK uh, for an hour once a week. God help you! But uh, it was fun to have him back on the podcast. By the way, we we finally got him. We finally got him to do the podcast again. It's been a little while. We should we should do one the one the four of us again with Tehran and Paul and and really you know mess some shit up around here. We haven't. Done I love that it. Minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you can check all the work out on theathletic.com. Joe and Diana put together a phenomenal piece that is well worth your time on all the details that led up to Mike Vrabel's firing right, wrong, or indifferent. The Titans are in the midst of a head coaching search. Uh, buddy, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, man. 